Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we are going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor today, Dakota Hawk. She is the author of the book, Jagarcho. It is book one of the Shadow Stalker series, and the first book is called The Great Thing Test. I really enjoyed getting into this story, and I cannot wait to tell you more about it in just a few moments. I want to thank you all for your support of my newest release called a match for Bernadette. It's available on Amazon.com. Pick up your copy today. You can get it for free on Kindle Unlimited. We want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. To subscribe to our podcast, simply go to PJC Media and click on the pink button below, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest today, Dakota Hawk. Dakota, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I want to thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. I was so excited when I found out about your book, and I'm so glad that you're here, because I really want to encourage all authors out there to pick up the pen and write. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You are never too young to begin your dream, and you're never too old to start your dream. So here you are, you're writing, and guess what? You are, last time I checked, 16 years old. Isn't that correct? Yep, that's true. So what made you get down into this thing called writing? Um, well, I've always enjoyed writing, even since, like, when I was little, I would draw books with pictures. And just, they wouldn't even have words. They just have scribbly lines, and I'd read them different every time. But then I just got more into it, or I kept expanding as I learned more and learned more, and eventually graduated to writing digital. And yeah, I just kept going from there. What type of books did you like to read when you were younger, and how has that reading choice changed over the years? Well, when I was younger, I would read a lot of horse books because I've always really liked horses. And so, yeah, Christian horse books and all kinds of animal fantasy. Lately, I've been graduating more or just enjoying more of, yeah, just definitely the fantasy specter, you know, that that genre and the historical fiction genre. And yeah, I've, yeah, I've read um, a lot of different genres, dystopian historical fiction. It sounds like you have an eclectic taste. That's what it sounds like to me. Yep. What made you want to write this book? I have always enjoyed cats, you know, big cats. They're just very noble and majestic. And I don't know if you've heard, but there is a series called Warriors that's about these cats that are in the wild, animal fantasy. And I enjoyed those. And so I was deciding, well, 
I haven't really read a bunch of books with big cats as the characters in that kind of style. And I was like, well, big cats are like the coolest ever. So I decided it would be really cool to write a series about them. So you had this story in your head because it was inspired by another story. How do you begin to start writing it? Do you plot out your ideas? Do you wait until you get inspiration? Tell us about your process. Um, normally, I will just wing it and write and then, you know, go over editing it later and figuring things out. And I'll get ideas as I go and keep adding on and so that. Lately, I've been learning to outline and it has been helpful to do that as well. So I'm not sure how much I'll stick with just winging it, but I definitely, yeah, that's what I would do a lot. I'm with you about winging it because that's what they call a pantser. And we kind of write on the inspiration as inspiration comes to us. And I've tried plotting. I'm just not very good at plotting because plotting bores me to death. I feel as if I already know what's going to happen with the story. But like you said, it can be helpful. So, yeah, I totally understand you about that. Where do you begin to start your research? Did you go to the library? Do you have uh, real-life experience dealing with big cats? Is it just something that just came to your head? You know, tell us how that research started. So, actually, there's this great thing called the Internet. And What's the Internet? What could that possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and it's been very useful to me. I'll just, like, look up stuff like common characteristics. I looked at how many cubs these various species could have because Jigarcho involves a lot of different kinds of cats. So I'm, and they're not all the same, like a caracal's babies are called kittens where jaguars have cubs, you know? So it's, there's a lot of different differences, you know, with that. So yeah, just the internet was very helpful, you know, and finding the information I could on there and yeah. One of the things that really impressed me about your story was just the texture of your world building. I felt as if I was actually in the jungle with the cats, particularly when you describe the scenery. And it's so evocative and so vivid that you really catapult the reader into the jungle. And I really appreciate that about your story. I have to know, was that something that you would just keep going on in line saying, okay, what does the jungle look like? What was happening here? Like, how did you get that texture? And for me, it's quite impressive because when I was 16, I wasn't writing this well. So I would love to know your secret. Well, yeah, just a lot of it was stuff I've been learning, you know, and just writing, writing, practice, practice, practice. Like that was not my first book, you know, it's probably more like, or not, not even my first project, you know, so it was long down the road. Also, it definitely helps to be researching, like I was saying. I looked up different types of plants that are in the jungle. I looked at pictures of these plants so I could envision them in my mind and better portray them. I looked up even pictures of just the jungle and insects in the jungle, like do crickets chirp at night, you know, and different kinds of trees. And once I had that understanding of all the things that were in the jungle, it's much easier to pull it all together and kind of flush it out into the descriptions of scenery. And you do an excellent job, Dakota. Like I said, I was really impressed. And I even told a couple of people about your book and I said, I wasn't writing this well when I was 16, so I can't imagine just how much energy you put into this. Now, you did mention this isn't your first rodeo, so tell us, what are some of the other books that you have out there? Well, other books that I've written, I don't have, Jigarch is the first one I've gotten published, um, but other books I've written are, yeah, mostly 
animal fantasy. I definitely worked in that. I finished a few other projects besides the Jugarcha one. And but yeah, mainly once I hit the Jugarcha series, I mainly centered on that and focused my energies into writing the books for that. Yeah, other books, yeah, just animal fantasy. They weren't super long. Usually it started, I used to write like more 60 page on Google Docs and then it got bigger, you know, and so yeah. So are you going to actually take some of those earlier works and publish them as well? Um, I'm not sure, maybe, but some of them aren't super good. You know, they're just getting getting better, you know, getting better slowly. But yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I do, some of them are very dear to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. I know as you said, some of those stories are very dear to you. Is because there's just a personal connection with the story? Yeah, it's definitely really cool to look back and see how how different, you know, some of the earlier works are from the what I write now. You know, I'll look back and be like, oh, this is not as good as I once thought it was. And yeah, definitely looking back and seeing them. But they are def- they were they're milestones though. Like this book I was at a hundred pages or this book, you know, was I had paragraphs in it actually, um and stuff like that. So yeah. How influential were your parents in helping you develop the skill of writing? Definitely very influential. My mom has always been encouraging towards this. She's been helping me and sending me resources that will help me get better. She's introduced me to the Young Writers Workshop, which I use, and the Young Writers Conservatory. And, like, there's, yeah, those resources are really good, though, for writers. And there's just been so much she's done to encourage me and keep me going, you know. And so it's it's been really cool. So you are working on this story, and something tells you, okay, this is going to be different. I'm not just going to write this story for my own pleasure. I'm actually going to share it with the world. What was that milestone that had you take that next step? Well, I've been wanting to do that with several books previous to that one, and they just, you know, they weren't as good, you know, and I felt that the Jugarcho one would be good enough and had reached a level that it would do, like, be fine to, yeah, release it. So, yeah, I just decided that I wanted to try to take on publishing with this book. So, yeah. I want to talk about some of your processes here because you are a young author. And one thing you did say, you did say that you started off at first winging it and now you're getting more sophisticated with plotting and outlining your thoughts. What are some other things that you've learned about writing throughout this process that could help young authors as well? Well, definitely a big one is to always be showing and not telling with your descriptions and writing. There is one quote by C.S. Lewis. I don't remember it completely, but it talked about how you don't want people to, you don't want to tell people, this is a beautiful scene. You want people to read that and think, this is a beautiful scene, you know. You want to get to that point. And just that can, the telling and not showing rule, or sorry, that yeah, the showing, not telling is really a key for like a lot of stuff, I feel like. And definitely you also want to be making sure you're developing your characters and the plot because people read stories for the characters. And so you've got to, you know, keep those characters very, you know, keep them developing and growing with your story. And that helps a lot as well as, you know, just getting down and writing 
and keep writing, you know, it's the practice is really helpful in the long run. Would you say that C.S. Lewis was one of the authors that you model your own work after? Well, I did read his books, you know, the, the Narnia series and stuff, and those are really good. I think it was just a lot that might have contributed. You know, reading is also, you know, another big thing where you want to keep doing it. You know, if you want to write, you got to read. And those were part of one of the books I read. So, yeah. One of the things I've done in my work as a podcaster, I've had the opportunity to interview young authors with an organization here in Michigan called the Michigan Reading Association. And I always ask young authors this question, so I'm definitely going to ask you. You mentioned that it's so important for you to read. What if you met a young person, and you guys are the same age, and they're like, I don't like reading, but they do know they should probably read more. How would you encourage them to read more books? Well, I would probably ask them what types of things they like. There's so many genres out there. And there's so many different styles of books that I'm sure they would be able to find something that fits with them. And if this person wanted to write, then I would say, you know, read in your genre that you like writing in. Because it's very, very important to see the ways other authors write. And that, that's one of the main key things I think that helped me grow as a writer is reading. Because then you get ideas from other authors, other Authors say things in new ways you hadn't thought about. They describe things in new ways. You get ideas from them. And, yeah, reading is just one of the big keys for helping you grow as a writer. I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's just going to segue right into our discussion about your book because you have all these previous steps, resources, and milestones that you took, and now you have a published book. When this became a book and you saw it uploaded on Amazon or any other platform where this book is located at, what did it feel like for you? Well, it's definitely really exciting, you know, just holding an actual published copy of your book. I had always liked to print my stories out after I finished them because it's very, it's different holding an actual published thing in your hands. And so, or just something on paper even. So holding an actually published book, not just one that's printed out and stapled together, you know, is something that's really awesome, you know, and it just is a great experience for sure. Now let's get into Jagarcho. And first of all, I don't even know where this word came from. You see, I keep mutilating the words who are our discussion <laughs> here. So tell us how the, what this story is about for our listeners out there. So this story follows the main character, Azola. She's a jaguar from the jungle, and Jagarcho is the world these cats live in, and they're ruled by the great fangs, and then the top fangs are the rulers of the different biomes. And she's going to the great fang test, leaving everything she's ever known after a tragic incident occurs. And it's hard for her to get along with the other cats. And it's hard because She's introduced to so many other different species of cats, you know, because there's a lot of different variety in the other biomes that all come together at the Great Fang tests. And basically, they're like a tryout for seeing who the next Great Fang will be. And so it's just following her adventures there and, you know, the, 
the mysterious various happenings that will happen. And, yeah. One thing I noticed about this book is that you are interweaving social commentary, but you're doing it in such an effortless way that you're not aware of that social commentary. There's an incident that happens when they go to the Great Thing test and they meet cats of different species because there are some cats she had never seen before. But the oddities of their appearance didn't stop her from seeing them as cats. And what are some of the other themes being interwoven in this story? And I like the fact that it's not overt in, in your face. It's very subtle. You're using cats, but you can also take it to a broader scheme. Well, some of the other, so you asked for themes. Yeah, definitely that was one, you know, and also the theme of just not judging people because of what rank or social status they have. In the stories, there's a lot of talk about, oh, are you the son or daughter of a great fang or a top fang? And if you aren't, it's like, oh, no, you know, some of the cats are very prejudiced against that. So just working into that a little more and, yeah, d diving into that was one, another of the themes that I had. I like the fact that Azola has a sister named Kasia, and Kasia is blind. But I love the tenderness that you show between Cassia and Azola because it's very clear that even though she's blind, she's still very capable. And that actually tugged at my heartstrings, particularly there's a point where an incident happens and they almost didn't make it. And she doesn't regret putting herself in a situation to protect her sister. So what are we trying to show or share with our readers about sisterhood in this story. Well, it's definitely important, you know, stick up for your siblings. And I personally have quite a lot of them. So I've had experience with siblings. But, yeah, it's, it's always important, you know, to be there for your sibling, even if they may have certain, like, hindrances, like blindness and things like that. You know, that doesn't mean they are a whole lot less capable than you are, you know. And so, yeah, it's definitely important to remember that and be inclusive for sure and help them along as well. Another thing I liked about your book was how you showed, and I want to say this in the broad way, animal violence, because they are cats and they do live in the jungle. So I like how you say, oh, I got a spider monkey for you, or I got this little rabbit for you. And I like that, but it also adds to that texture because animals eat other animals. But you do it in such a way that is not overpowering to the story. But if you were to tell, let's say, a parent, how old should my kid be to read your book? What would be that age level you would have it at? Um, probably like eight, you know, I would think. I read them to my sister. You know, I've seen other people read it to their kids, you know, or heard of it, you know. And that seems to be a good limit, I think, eight or so. So now we have these rankings that happen. We have the great fangs at the top fangs. Let's go into detail about this political structure and this hierarchy that you've developed. What are the great fangs and who are the top fangs? How do they differ from each other? So the great fangs are basically the rulers over the entire world of Jagarcho. And there is 13 of them, I believe, and they are each one of the different species of cats that live on Jagarcho, and they're there to kind of be like the overall settlers of justice, you know, keepers of the peace, and yeah, the 
the um, top fangs are more like the, the various kings and queens of the various, you know, biomes. They have their own biomes that they rule over, but it's, they're all kind of under the top fang, in a, or sorry, under the great fangs in a way. And so they, yeah, that's kind of the structure, I would say. Another aspect I like about this story is you have all these different cats working together in this Great Thanks test. And it's a really good way to showcase diversity, to showcase similarities. There's a scene, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but there's a scene where there's a fight. And during this fight, you know, Azola gets pretty knocked up real bad, but she's able to handle it because, again, of course, she's a cat. And then as a punishment, one of the Great Thanks makes the cubs work together. But they don't really want to work together. But Azola also shows some maturity here because she realizes that she could have responded differently to the incident than what she did. But at the same time, I think she is a cat. She's a jungle cat. and She's not just going to let you treat her in a rude way. So there's this balancing act I think that you've did of the nature may say, go ahead and pop someone in the face if you say something mean to me but you have to take the higher road. Is that something that you have experienced in your own life that you use this story to reflect? Not completely. I have, I do have trouble, you know, with, you know, losing my temper and stuff, as I'm sure a lot of us do. Um, so I wanted to show her kind of losing, you know, that grip and, but at the same time, learning from her mistakes and realizing that that wasn't the best decision, because it never is, you know. So that was kind of the point I was trying to get across with that. Let's let's go into your journey real quick to publishing in the few moments we have left, because I noticed this is published by Covenant Eyes, and that's not a publisher I'm familiar with. So tell us how your journey to publishing took place. Well, you know, researching is what we did at first, you know, looking into different options, whether I wanted to go traditional or independent or hybrid even, which is a mix of both. And just looking at those different choices and then digging into the independent publishing, I thought was best. There's there's differences with both, you know. So we eventually decided to go more independent and Covenant seemed like a good option because they helped you as well. Like they helped you market it. And they gave you the cover and stuff like that and editing. I did, yeah, I worked with them on the cover mainly. And, but yeah, they did good with listening, you know, and to my, what I said, you know, and wanted done with the book. And, but yeah, it, it was, oh, it took a while, but yeah, it was, it was good. From what you've gathered from other people, what has been their response to Jagarcho? Well, mainly they, I would say they seem to like it. My sister really enjoys them because she says they're interesting. She only likes interesting books. <laughs> um, and um, I've had other people enjoy it because, yeah, for the, some of the reasons you listed. And, yeah, so far I don't think I've seen anyone who has been like, hey, this book is not good, you know. So, yeah. Now, I look here, and I'm pretty sure there's a sequel coming. Tell us a little bit about the sequel, but no spoilers whatsoever. What's it called, and what's it going to, at least who is it going to follow in this book? Um, so the sequel is called The Shadow Cats, and it's about Azola 
and her the next part of her journey and discovering more things along the way as she journeys into the mountains, the realm of the snow leopards, and into that, you know, kind of different setting of, you know, completely different from her life in the jungle. She has a hard time with it. But, yeah, it settles into that more, and she discovers more things about the shadow stalkers and gets into lots of scrapes, you know, and stuff like that. What is the anticipated number of books you plan on developing in this world? I don't really know how much I was anticipating. I Maybe three. I think I was thinking about three. But then some series, you know, have sub-series under the big series. Is So that's kind of what mine has. And so I'm working on the second part of the series right now, and that's going to be another three books. And so... After that, I'm thinking about maybe doing another three books, but we'll see. We'll see. It's been wonderful talking to you today, Dakota. I really enjoyed having you. If people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you online? Well, I am on Facebook and definitely Facebook mainly. (laughs) Um, That's where you can find me. In the few moments that we have left, I always use this show to encourage authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. And as a young author, I definitely want to hear your encouragement to those aspiring authors out there who may be the same age or younger than you to go ahead and do that. So go ahead in the few moments that we have left and encourage them today. Well, one thing you should always remember is to just, you know, keep writing. If you're, if you want to write, just write, you know, Right in the time you have, right in the little spaces and pieces, you know, set it those you if you're gonna get more serious, you know, set a time aside for yourself. Remember that you're never too young to write. It always starts someplace, you know. And definitely read, read a lot and get that advice from other authors and all that. But yeah, keep writing, keep reading, keep creating those worlds in your head. Yeah. Dakota, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. And I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. All right, thank you. And we were talking today to Dakota Hawk. She is the author of the book, Guard Show, which is available at Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today. I really enjoyed talking to Dakota. I was so inspired by her own story of what it's like to be a writer I saw myself in her because she said she liked to read. That was me. You read all the time. That was me. And you learned as you grow as a writer. So I hope you are encouraged, whether you're 16, 7, or 82. Remember, you're never too young to begin your dream, and you're never too old to start. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.